With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Say shout out to my family champ, man. Real Sosa. Say, you tuned in to the number one jerk portal on the internet, you dig? This child on the radio, man. Say, you tuned in to the number one jerk portal on the internet, you dig? Chop, chop, chop on the radio. Jerkaholics out there, man, salute. I am the Mr. King 1033, so I see that's me, you did. And we is going to get into our first two songs, Aaron. Big shots at the Kia Soul, big shots at the Kia 500, and big shots at the Shonda. Shonda with that falling in love again, Kia Soul and Kia 500, with that haters going to hate. And y'all know, man, hey, they jumped on it. So they songs will be the first two songs and for the next couple of shows. That's just how we get down, man. And got to say, big salute to the FAMO, man, Black Soul, man. Big salute to the FAMO, Black Soul. Uh, just in case you didn't know, yeah, that's FAMO. You did. We, we, we rock with him. We roll with him. Uh, anything that he call and ask us or, or reach out to ask us to, to do anything and that's something that he feel passionate about, we're going to back it. We're going to make sure we make that available, make that time available because I know the man, and the man is a straight up and down brother, man. And the things that he's passionate about, when he get passionate about something, man, you, you it's not fake. 
You did he a genuine brother, man. Genuine brother, powerful, dynamic too. So, um, man, the situation that he's going to be coming and talking on, I just ask everybody that's tuned in and everybody that's listening, man, open up your hearts and open up your minds. It's a very sad situation, and, and I'm, I'm just, you know, thankful that uh, I'm alive to be able to help spread awareness to this situation, man. But Black Soul's going to uh, talk about it. He's going to get into it, man. So keep your hearts open. Keep your minds open as well, man. And um, get ready. If you if you haven't uh, heard about the case then, you know, sit back and, and, and get ready to get informed, man, because this is something that we need to be talking about, you dig? So let's 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 go ahead and get to it, man. We're going to get into this, Shonda, and this is Falling in Love Again, and then we got that Kia Soul, Tier 500, Haters Are Gonna Hate, and we got Black Soul on live, man. Let's go.
much respect to Shonda with that falling in love again, man. That's a very heartfelt song, man. I can relate to that, man, because keep it real, man. I'm still kind of afraid to fall in love again, like, for real, for real. You, you just got to go through it to to understand that type of song right there, man. You dig? So we're going to go ahead and get into this kill. So TF500, haters are going to hate. And then we got Black Soul coming up right after that, man. Let's go. Lil B, fuck em up. Lil B, fuck em up. This is kind of like my theme music now, my new theme song for a minute. Let me fuck them up. Let me fuck them up.
big salute, Kia Soul and TF500. The haters gonna hate right there, man. Snatching the first, uh, and them and Shonda with the first two songs. Aaron, man, on the show for the next couple of shows, man. So y'all stay tuned, man. When it's y'all turn, man, when we put it out there, y'all jump on these things, man, and you'll get it. All right, man. With further ado, man, we got to welcome back to the show, man. Y'all mm-hmm. heard him on the show several times, man. Black Soul, Femo, what's going on with you? Peace, Femo, what's happening? Can y'all hear me? Oh, yeah, man. We got you loud and clear, man. Hey, appreciate you. Uh, coming to the show, man, and bringing this to us, man, uh, because I, yeah, I'm going to let you get into it, man, but I appreciate you, man, because this is the type of stuff that we do need to come together to help spread awareness on. Not saying just this, but this is this is a, no better time than now. So I, I salute you, man, for standing up, uh, taking that f- uh, foot forward, and even wanting to reach out to like platforms like this to, to, to try to get more awareness and try to get more eyes and ears on it, man. Much respect to you. Man, salute. And shout out to the Mr. Uh, trivia Fact before I get into it. The first performance I ever had in Oklahoma was in Tulsa Club Fuego, and I was brought down there by the Mr. <laughs> uh, it's always my yeah. love on that. Yeah. Music I was in, too. But, uh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, you did my video. First video I ever shot, Black Soul was in too. Yep. Ain't that it. Man, I appreciate you extending this platform because what we're going to talk about tonight, I feel like it's something that needs to be on the list of every parent across this country. This is something that we all should know about the same way we came to know about Sandra Bland's name, the same way we came to know about Tamir Rice's name, the same way we came to know about George Floyd's name. Uh, the name Cedric Lofton sadly needs to be added to that list. And I've been uh, many members of the community. I'm actually really proud of what you saw right now. I've seen people work together. I've been here 12 years, and I've never seen some of these groups of people come together. But right now there is a, a real energy building in the city that this can't stand. So let me jump into it so y'all understand. Everybody gets a good base platform of what we're talking about tonight. So Cedric okay. Lofton was a 17-year-old, 135-pound boy in Wichita, Kansas. And he was a part of the foster care system. And on the night of September 24th, well, the preceding event, so he was having some mental issues. The family, the foster family had reported that he was making some suicidal and some homicidal threats. Now, earlier in this day, they had tried to take him to get some mental help, but right outside of the facility, he ended up leaving. He came back later that night. And the recommendation of the caseworker to the family was that they call the police and not allow him to come into the house until he had a psychiatric evaluation. So Cedric is standing out on the front porch. It's all he's doing. Posted up against his house like we see plenty of teenagers doing all the time. When the police show up, initially he is completely compliant. When they see him, when he first woke up, you actually see him tap up one of the officers in the video. He puts his hands in his pants at one point, and the officer very quickly is like, hey, we need to see your hands. And he immediately takes his hands out of his pants. At one point in the video, they ask him, or he says, rather, that he wants to take a walk. And again, they're like, hey, you can't do that. We need you to stay here. And he complies. For 58 minutes of the body cam footage, he is doing nothing but either standing or sitting on this front porch. No aggression, no outburst, nothing. At 58 minutes into the video, the officers then approach him and are trying to remove him from the house. Now, it's important to note at this point, he is not under arrest, okay? 
He he is oh, not, boy, under right. not under arrest. And one thing I also want to point out that's in the body cam footage, at one point you hear one of the officers say, hey, we're going to take you to St. Joseph so we can get you some help and get you somebody to talk to, St. Joseph being one of our local hospitals. So even the officer right. is acknowledging on the body cam video that this young man needs mental help. Okay? okay? They then go and try to remove him from the house. Now, he is sitting on the front porch, sitting down. One officer grabs him by one arm, another officer grabs him by the other, and they try to pick him up like an animal. They're able to walk him two or three steps before he does what anybody would do. He kicks out. Now, at this point, five officers rushing. Now, in the midst of this struggle, you still hear one of the officers say, stop resisting or you're going to go to jail. So even at this point, you're still not under arrest, right? This, I think this is important to point out because people always want right, to run yeah, this narrative of resisting arrest and not being compliant to the police officers. But what do we do when there's a situation when we are compliant, we're not under arrest, and we're still being forcibly put into these situations? This young man right. was being wrestled to the ground and was put in a wrap which is where they shackle and wrap your legs at your ankles, your calves, your knees, your thighs. You're in a sit-up motion and your arms are tied down. It took 135 pounds. It took six grown men to put him in. Pounds. Come on, man. This was a kid. Man. You so said six police officers? Six police officers it took to, to restrain this 135-pound boy. The officer who made the call to take him to the juvenile detention center, we call it JIAC, the juvenile detention center, instead of taking him to the hospital, even the DA mentioned that he was not trained in crisis intervention. He had no crisis intervention training. No no crisis intervention training. And we know in 2022, right, that should be a baseline for these police officers. We know with mental health being such a high reason these emergency emergency situations pop up, having officers who are not trained in critical or, excuse me, in crisis intervention techniques and crisis intervention resources immediately puts us as a citizens at a disadvantage. Because now we know if you're not going to train these people and you're going to let them make decisions, our mental health crises are nothing more than criminal emergencies for you. Exactly. This young man was then taken to the juvenile detention center. Inside of the detention center, he's in custody. He is in custody. They show the video where he was then pressed up against the wall with an officer that looks clearly to be 50 to 100 pounds heavier than this young man. Up around his head and neck area. He pushes him for about a good 10, 15 seconds before he starts to resist. The moment he starts to resist, another officer runs in, another worker in the juvenile system, rather, and then, now, I want to say this. You have worked in places. I'm sure you worked in places that's got cameras in them, right? Right. Anytime yep. you work somewhere that has cameras, one of the first things you learned in that job is where they're not. Where they're you not. Know yep. are not facing. You know where your blind spots are. It just so happened that as he was struggling, three more officers come in. So you have some five officers in this cell. They take him into the corner of the cell just out of eye shot from the camera. 
And then for 32 minutes, they held him handcuffed on his stomach, restrained by one person on his legs, one on each arm, oh, one on his back. And we already know from George Floyd what happens when you put somebody in that position and apply pressure. We know what happens. Exactly. Oh, man. 32 minutes went past. 32 minutes. Before they know that he was on. And he said 17 years old, about around 135 pounds. Come on, man. And and I'll be the first to tell you, right? I've seen some 17-year-olds that look like grown men. Got the body of a grown man. True. This man was not that. And and ultimately, one of the, the main reasons I wanted to take the time to talk about this case was we have got to start protecting our kids better, man, especially black people, because we know when it comes to black boys, they see you as a threat, they see you as aggressive, and they see you as that way before 18. Way before 18. You're right. Come on with you. You're right, man. Right. That's the basis of the case. You know, this is... Right, right. And see, when you saying this and laying it out like that, man, you know what I mean, not to go too far into it, but, you know, I got a, a, my oldest boy had some, you know, going through some, was going through some things, man, and situations happened where that could have easily been him. You know what I mean? Like, he was almost in, in the exact same situation, man, and I can't imagine, man. First off, man, our hearts and prayers go out to the family, man, of, uh, and everybody affected by this, man, and to the community as well. Because this, this, man, I'm, you know, I, I waited to talk to you before, you know, I wanted to hear what you had to say, man, before I even really got into it. And, uh, man, this is 17 years old, man. It's still a baby, on, man. man. It's still a baby, man. It's heartbreaking. It's still and a baby. You pressed on, you pressed on a really important point, man. At the core of this is a young man who was having a mental health crisis. You had a family who was not able to provide the help that he needed. As a parent, I think we can all say we have been in situations where we didn't really know what to do in the moment. We knew we needed help. Right. Yep. In the most extreme right. of right, when you get in the most extreme scenarios, if the only resource we have is to call 911, and we have no guarantee that our children won't end up dead from that scenario. Where does that leave us? We already are encased in so much trauma and so much oppression in our community. It's like this is one of those times where we have to realize there are certain things that are systematic and there are other things that are really happening because we're not stepping up to the plate and protecting these people or protecting these kids the way we need to. Being that he was in foster care, there should have been no of resources there for him when he needed that help. And the fact that they all fail, this is not just an indictment of WPD. This is not just an indictment of JAC, the Juvenile Detention Center. This is an indictment of the entire system. This is an indictment that everybody had a chance to help that young man the whole 17 years he was on this earth because we failed him. We failed him, yeah, they and failed we him. have to start yeah. taking it more seriously so we don't fail these other kids, man. See what you said, uh, man, and I agree with you. And and it's a sad thing, man. And, and like you said, 
it shouldn't have been no no reason for him not to get any of the resources that that he needed. Because mental health is real, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's on all levels of, of people, man. You know, you can't just say that, man, mental health is real. And you said something about being trained to handle that. And, and when you said that, I thought about it, man. And I was like, that's real. If you're not trained to handle those situations, then you it's already a disadvantage for you when you come up on one of those situations. Because so you're not going to really probably handle it correctly because you ain't been trained for it. But, but you have been trained, though, right? You've been trained for certain right. scenarios. You just haven't been trained for this one. And, this, and Cedric right. Austin's case True. is a perfect example of what happened because it was clear what they were trained on. When they were struggling with him mm-hmm. and when they were putting that rap on him, it looked so mechanical. Mm-hmm. It looked as if you could have mm-hmm. traded Cedric Lawson for a body dummy, and it would have been exactly the same. Oh, it was man. emotionless. It was as if it was not a person. And that, to me, oh, you bring that if you are not going to take seriously things like crisis intervention training. If you're really not going to do it, then you're, you, in return, you are breeding that feeling and that impulse that these officers are going to have. Because in that moment, right, it's just like being a soldier. Whatever you are trained to do in the moment of action, that's what comes out. So if we as a community are not at a place where we're ready to say we just going to start over and do our own thing, then we at least need to be able to hold these officers accountable. We at least have to be able to hold the system accountable when these things happen. Let me know if I'm going too long because it's like I said, this is oh, this, no, no, man. no, no, Famo. You go. No, I want you to get it in, man. No, you, you, you do what you do. What I was gonna ask though is, that what is, where is they at on far as in, uh, the people that was involved, like the officers that was involved. Have, have they charged them? They set out any charges <laughs> on them? So that was the next part I'm gonna get into. So okay, I'm gonna keep telling the story in order just so we get a full layout of what yeah. this looks like. Yeah, so, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't want to skip through. Yeah. Unfortunately, these situations are common across our country, and we have to start acknowledging when it happens in multiple places and the same narrative is used and the same devices are used to not bring charges, we have to admit this is a system. This is not one police department. This is not something that can be trained away as a system that's supporting it. When the event took place, I agree. it didn't hit the news for two days. When it hit the news, oh, wow. it was reported that there was no life-sustaining injuries inside of the juvenile detention center. Okay, so they initially tried to say, because he ended up actually, the firefighters came in, they or the EMS rather, came in, they tried to resuscitate him, um, they took him to the hospital, and he ended up dying in the hospital later. They tried to say that there were no life-threatening injuries, and then the autopsy came out and ruled it a homicide and that he was suffocated. Now, oh, wow. that's the first lie that comes out and gets exposed. Then, true to form, right. they released this narrative that he was on drugs and he was having a drug episode mm. and trying to run that oh, criminal man. element of why he was there. Now, the only reason they were even able to say that was when the autopsy came out, they said it, it proved that he was suffocated, and it said that he had COVID and that he had cannabinoids in his system. Now, brother, we know 
It's some strong weed yeah. out there. It right. ain't no weed understand right. that's gonna cause a reaction that they tried to paint it as. And then it didn't even it didn't even align with the events that were in the video. So the DA no. then comes out, right? That's the narrative. And here's where it gets mm-hmm. deep. The DA comes out and refuses to bring charges against anybody. Now, it's very important. They haven't even released the names of the officers who were involved. We have the body oh, wow. cam footage. Hey, we, we know man. we know the WCP officers involved, but we don't even – it's not public knowledge right now the names of the JAG, the Juvenile Detention Center people who were in there and who took part in that restraint. The DA comes out and says he cannot place charges against anybody because of the stand your ground law. And that if he was to bring charges against anybody, the judge would have to throw him out. Wait a minute. Because of the stand your ground law. Listen to me. Stand your what ground. In, what in the world? Are you serious? So many the stay your ground law. Like, come on, man, stand your what ground. The hell? And we, we can have a whole separate conversation about the racial implications of stand your ground and how it's been used across exactly. the country. Exactly. I don't True. even want to go that deep. Exactly. When you look at the man. surface level, stand your ground is supposed to be for defending oneself. Home invasion is really where this comes in. Where once upon a time in the exactly. defense act, you had to run away. If you were in a life-threatening situation and you had a chance to retreat, you had to retreat or else you could be charged with a crime. Now understand your ground. You no longer have to retreat. Okay? This is important because we are talking about a young man in custody. He's in custody. Right, right, right. If if an officer, if any law enforcement officer can (laughs) <laughs> if they can use the stand your ground law against someone that is in custody, how will we ever get anybody charged with a crime? You would never be able to Man, charge a I don't see how that even I don't see how that even I don't even see how that even flies or, or even you know, I don't see how when that when they said that it wasn't automatically like, oh no. You see what I'm saying? Like and let us know still, like you said, with the system and what's going on, these type of things let us know this. How would you even allow, you know what I mean, allow this to fly? Stand on the ground law and he in custody, that that doesn't make sense at all. And it's one of those things where I told the story the way I did for a reason. Because you can look at it and say, and and that's crazy, man. It could be a coincidence. But literally, when you lie about it, you wait two days, first of all. Then you lie about it. Yeah, you the wait. Right, out. you, you wait. You send the autopsy, and then you green stand your ground? Now, I'm going to tell you, this is where, uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest, though, this is where the story takes a slightly positive turn. Because, you know, this Midwest can be real red at times. You know what I'm saying? And yes, getting certain can. things done politically become very, very difficult. Uh, just based on that right. that party affiliation, lawmakers on both sides came out after the DA Mark Bennett came out and said that he wasn't going to charge anybody. Lawmakers came out on both sides and said this is not the intention for the standard ground law. This is not what we wrote it for. That's just words. Cool. Yeah. But you know, in, okay. in the arena of politics, 
those sound bites matter. And that right yes, there is yes, now making those things because as sad as this story is, right? As sad as this story is, it is common. We see these narratives paint these narratives painted so many times. We see so many different so situations. When our kids are the ones who are victim to this, the first thing you see is everything they did wrong. You don't see the person. You don't see the son. You don't see the brother. All you see is the narrative they want to spin because they have to continue to make us appear aggressive, to make us appear as a threat to society, or else all of this murder will be clear to everybody. The terrorism will be clear to everybody. But if you continually press this narrative that we are an aggressive issue, then you will always have people willing to fall in line. Right now in Wichita, there are multiple people moving for solutions. And like I said earlier, I am extremely proud of my city so far, and I hope they keep doing what they're doing. Uh, There's a group right now that's working with the DOJ to bring in a special investigator to investigate the Cedric Lofton case and Mark Bennett as a whole. Um, okay. We are we we just found in the state of Kansas there's a law where you can request a citizens grand jury if you get enough petitions, enough signatures. So we're currently right now okay. organizing that so that we can get a grand jury called and hopefully get an indictment brought against those officers and those people who were in that room in that cell when he was killed. When he was um, killed, right. All right, because, man, you said now you – because the key thing you said, too, was about the blind spot in the in on with the cameras, man, and for the time frame of them being on this baby, man, like that, that right there does not make no sense to me, man. I don't, I don't, I don't understand that at all. 32 minutes, man. 32 five, minutes. I got five, five officers in the cell for 32 minutes. And on, on 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 top of him, that's how they restrained him. On top of him, his arms, back, legs, all of that, man. That's right there. Doesn't I mean? You know, it's things, and we know this. It's things that they have and can do that will stop you. And you know, without killing you, but will stop you. Well, you know, you you don't matter if you're fighting back or none of that, man. They got certain things that they can do that will stop you. But it's sad that. They never use any of that in these type of situations. It's all five officers, 17 years old, 135 pounds, man, restraining about being on top like that for 32 minutes. That doesn't make any damn sense. 32 minutes, man. And you have to, if you've ever done any type of like physical wrestling, playing football, I mean, even basketball at times, body to body to somebody, man, the amount of strength in a 135-pounder mm-hmm. has, against five grown men, mm-hmm. it was way before 32 minutes they felt that he had gave up. But it wasn't about restraining yeah, him. Man. And that's one of the reasons why I, I feel like this has to be, this has to become a national thing. Because this was not about restraining him. And when you watch the videos, even at the house, it had nothing to do with compliance. This had to do with power. This had to do flat out with power. And, you know, people in Wichita be quick to say, we don't deal with the police brutality and the police murder that certain places do. But I would challenge anybody who's ever lived in this city, we deal with as high a rate of police intimidation as anybody. They may right. not be murdering as much That's as anybody, real. but these people flex their power in every chance that they get. 
in ways that, like this situation, a simple phone call to get somebody to take him to comp care, to take him to the hospital, to get him some mental health and good mental health services, and he would be here. That young man would be here. Exactly. Instead, we're having to organize around the memory of a 17-year-old. You know, it, it, it gets old. It, it gets it really gets old, old, man. Like you said, the same narrative was pushed, and, and, and you laid it out. You laid it out perfectly, man, for the listeners and for people, anybody that, you know, maybe didn't know about this. You laid it out perfectly for us, too, man, because how many times have we heard that same narrative being pushed, like you said, before they ever say anything good, anything about the person? And uh, we see it and have seen it so many damn times, man. This It don't make no sense. It doesn't make no sense, man. Like I said, one call to get the proper services to help, you know, uh, getting to the facility. That right there got to be key. You gotta have the right people in the right positions, man. And this is this is what's happening for, because of the ones that's not in the they not trained to be in these things or even think like that to say, okay, we need to call this service to get them out there. You gotta have these thinkers. Where's the where's these law enforcement that thinkers? Now, fellow, it's always I force. It's let always me. force and brutality. Go ahead, let go ahead, go ahead. I'm gonna let you talk. Go ahead. I'm gonna step back because. I absolutely agree that those resources should have been there, but I'm going to make a plea right now to my black people. And I know you got a diverse crowd, but I'm speaking specifically to my black people and my black community right now. I'm making the most impassioned plea I can. We have got to start taking mental health more seriously. We've got to take it more seriously. Since this incident and we have started organizing, one of the main focuses that we have been doing is trying to identify the mental health resources in our community, trying to make sure that the community is aware of those and then get them resources so that they can affect more people. All of that is great, but if we as black people do not tackle this stigma of a mental health issue somehow making you less than or making you weak or making you uncapable. If we don't tackle that stigma, we're going to continue to see this no matter how many mental health resources we have because you have to use them. You have to take that guard down and go to family therapy. You have to take that guard down and go to that group session. Go to these places that may not be the arenas, and, and, you know, maybe we need to co-op some of these areas. Maybe we need to create more mental health arenas and safe spaces in our culture that we're used to. But whatever it is, the solution will not come if we do not, as a people, seriously look at our mental health and stop stigmatizing the people who step forward and say, I have a problem. I agree with you. I agree with you. We got a caller that's been on the line since we started. Let, let's let's bring this number on and see if they got, you know, anything that they want to uh, say or ask you about this too, man. Uh, last four digits, 5807. Last four digits, five, eight, zero, seven. Welcome to the show. Who we got? It's Poetic JB. What's going on with you, Poetic JB? How you doing? Welcome to the show. Uh, not so much. Can y'all hear me okay? If not, I can take it off my speaker. I was working. Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, okay. Good. No, I'm good. I'm just sitting over here listening to the show, um, getting angry, getting sad, and going through all the emotions, you know. Um, I'm just, yeah, it's crazy. 
Yeah. And you know, yeah. one thing Definitely. I've been trying to focus on out here is making sure people realize because if if I haven't if it hasn't come through yet, this was a young black boy. Um but this is right. to me this is a parent issue, man. We can tackle the issue of black people and our relationship with law enforcement. But every single person who has a child should feel this. You should feel this in your court. Yeah, that young man should have received help. There should have been somebody there to assist him, not take his life. So it's right. It's right. And, and yes, it is. You know, I there's a, a lot. I agree with you. You know, there's been a lot of people in his life that, you know, like you said, taking it mental health serious. And you brought up good points because we don't like going to counseling and don't like going to therapy and don't like, hell, a lot of us don't even like going to doctors like we're supposed to. You know what I mean? So right. you, you said if we could, we could provide all these things, but we got to get to that point to where we're actually using these resources and not thinking that we weak because we got to do these things. Uh, Pointy JB, what, uh, what's your thoughts on that? When he brought up that dealing with that, uh, with the mental health uh, aspect. Man, um, I look at it as a generational curse. You know, it, it's laughed about in our community. It's laughed about in our people, um, and that's something that has to stop. Like I was the first one in my family to literally uh, seek mental health when I came back from Iraq, and it was I got so many negative things just for my own family and they don't understand how real mental health is and you have to learn how to deal with it on a daily basis um it's something that we lack as people and we have to change that we have to i agree i agree with you agree with you back so you still on there yes sir i'm still here okay okay you know, okay um, one of the man, I'm just, why, man. Um, one of the reasons why I wanted to come on this, this tough, platform man. is because seventeen year old baby, man. You know what I mean? On, I man. got sons. You know what I mean? Everybody know I got sons, man. Seventeen year old baby, like I said, my son. The situation you 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 just laid out. My son was in the exact same situation. Things the the force and the force didn't happen. You know what I mean? They didn't have to do that to him, but the situation was almost the exact same, man. You know what I mean? And and, and it, it it could have been any, could have been this situation, man. That's that's why it's hitting me because it's like when you start laying it out there, I'm like, damn, man, that that happened to my son, but he, you know, he he alive because they didn't do the force. But same situation, man. And that the totally different, you know what I mean? People different area and look though that it is exact same situation and because of the mental health and not being trained properly could have been totally different and, and have it just like this so I'm glad you said that because we see this all over and and we got to okay. take it we got to take it serious and you know it is two-sided it's two-sided on one hand we have got to press this system, where, whether it is the DCF, the foster care system, whether it is our elected officials, whether it is these lawmakers at the state level, we have got to press and put pressure on them and let them know this won't stand. But on the other hand, 
And this is a universal thing because, like we've been talking about, this is not just Wichita. This is not just Kansas and Oklahoma. It's all across this nation. Right. What we have got to start across, doing is taking better care of our communities. I remember growing up, right, where there would be a couple mothers on the block that any kid could go up to, and you knew you was going to get help. Whether mm-hmm. that kid was hungry, whether that kid didn't have nowhere to go, whatever. You knew they were going to be taken care of, and we've lost that. You know, we can point to the errors with WPD. We can point to the errors in the juvenile detention center, but it's a lot harder to point to the, er- the errors that the neighbors made. It's a lot harder to point to the errors that the church family made, the people who had a chance to impact that situation before it got to the system. That's where we have to start being more serious. And those who know me know I can get a bit radical. I, I can get on the side of burn the system down and do it yourself. But I, I really seriously believe there are certain issues that we just have to admit at this point in life, the system is never going to take care of it. Care of it. But when it comes to our education of our youth, right. they're not going to handle it. When it comes right. to our health, they're not going to handle it. When it comes to our mental health and making sure we have the resources there to handle the traumas and to handle the crisis in our community, they're not going to help us. So we have to begin to make sure within our own communities, and I'm talking about the people you live next to, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about the folks that you shop with. We have to start making sure that within those communities, we have the resources, we know who they are, and not just, I know the phone number so I can call in a time of need, but really get to know your community. You should know these people. You should know their kids. They should know your kids. We've got to get tighter. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've got to get tighter. We've got to love each other more. We have got to come together, man, because they've already shown they are not going to stop killing our kids. They are not going to stop locking us up. They are not going to stop progressing this system because they're benefiting from it. So why should they? Why would they? They're making money off of this. Their system is going just the way they need it to go. We got to come together. And that's really my plea for everyone outside of the city of Wichita. If you're listening to this or if you see the case coming across as it is starting to get some national publicity, if you see this and you wonder what can I do to help, talk about it. Talk about it. Tweet about it. Go on social media. Show your anger. Show your your emotions. So often we get into this point where we're like, we don't want to protest. And what is protesting going to do? And we need actions. There are people working on actions. There are people working on solutions. What we need right now is we need the whole world to show the love that Cedric Lawson didn't get in his life to show him now. Show him that we're not going to forget him. Show him that we're not going to let his legacy be yet another black kid killed by the police and nobody is held accountable. We need people to speak. We need people to stand up. Big shout out to Muskogee. I got at least one poet coming up already for the um, the benefit. Oh, yeah, that's one. That's another thing I want to talk about. February 25th, and Samuel, I want to invite y'all out too. We would love if we could coordinate and get Chop on the radio out there. Um, February 25th, okay. we are doing okay. a benefit concert at Wave out here in Wichita. We're bringing out some artists. We got some speakers in the city. We got a bunch of powerful youth. I can't wait to get them on the stage. Um, we got some powerful youth that's going to come speak. We're just trying to come together. We know this is going to be a long battle. Um, We are in talks with the brother, and we are making sure that we keep him supported. Um, This particular show, we're trying to raise some money to make sure they got the funds. We want to make sure the brother gets a headstone. Um, and then the family has what they okay. need to take care of the funeral. So February 25th, uh, 
Okay. We're going to do it for Cedric. We're going to make sure his name rings loud. Okay. For sure, man. For sure. And I'm going to get with you and uh, make sure I stay in contact with you, man, because, you know, I got people in my inbox, man, and, and we, we want to say that, you know, they said that his heart stopped beating while he was handcuffed and laying on his stomach, right? So people, mm-hmm. you know, was asking, you know, yeah, he he passed away because of the excessive force, and he yes. couldn't breathe. He couldn't breathe. So, you know, this is why he said we see certain things, we see these things uh, when Black Soul spoke on that is because of that type of stuff too, man. We see this. Handcuffs and uh, would you say they put him down as um, stand your ground law because they tried to say he attacked one of the officers, so they said mm-hmm. they you use the stand your ground law because he tried to attack. See, that's what that's to me. Like you said, that five of them, you know what I mean? Five of them, it's excessive force. That led to that that seventeen year old Cedric Lawson's life being taken away. That, 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 unnecessary. Man. Unnecessary. Man. Unnecessary, man. No, man. No. And, and I hope, you know what I mean? Like you said, I know you said the family, the people are searching for uh, trying to bring in an investigator. And you would mm-hmm. think when the investigator, private investigator do come in, and see this, I mean, they got to know this as well, man. But we're going to have to stand strong behind the family, behind the people that's pushing this, we all got to stand strong, too. If you're not, like, on the, the the boots on the ground, your job is we got to support them, the ones that is. We got to stand behind them because you know they're going to try to stop it and block every angle. But the people that's actually, you know, the face of it or the boots on the ground, us as our people, man, we got to show uh, support of them as well with this because it's going to be it's going to be a hard fight, but I salute everybody, man, that that's taking it. You know what I mean, uh, to them and ta- and wanting and willing to work together. Black Soul spoke about the city. He's seeing the people come together, and, and he proud. That right there, that's that means a lot because that's how you can get things done, man. You can bring awareness to situations on a big scale. So I'm glad hey, you Fabio, spoke on that, man. You, that you, you spoke on a lot of things. Go ahead, go ahead. Let me, let me say something real quick. For those of you who ain't never been to Wichita, Kansas, right, just to break it down, this city has a, a perception that is real clickish and people don't work together. This is typically not a city. Right. Like you will find people that network, and I'm not saying that's not my perception of the city. I'm just saying this is the typical talk, that you can't get this kind of right, stuff done. Right. People don't want to work together. They don't want to stick through it. And that's why I said early, man, I'm proud of my city right now because I'm sitting here looking around at people that I've never seen work together. I know that these people have problems with, even myself, people that I've had issues with in the past, happily are willing to come to this table because we all realize this is bigger than us. This is bigger than any one issue we may have. This is about Cedric. This is about our kids. So I just wanted to make sure, I wanted to say that for anybody who lives in the city, if you feel like your city can't come together, if you feel like your city just ain't built for it, don't let it be a Cedric Lawson that drives you together. Come together sooner than that. Don't allow mm. it to be a situation that's so tragic that it forces you to then stand up. I'm proud of my city, but we could have done this sooner. We could have done this sooner, and we could have saved, particularly saved Cedric's life. So it's, 
I'm proud of my city, and I know we ain't going to stop. That's another thing I wanted to say. For all of y'all that want to stand with us, we appreciate it. We need it, and I'm telling you, you heard it here first. We will not stop. We are going to get justice. They can close one door. We'll kick down two more, and they can close them, and we'll burn down the next three. We won't stop. This will not stand. And, FAMO, I love you for allowing me the chance to come on this platform and speak, man. I, I really appreciate it more than I can put into words, FAMO. Hey, man, you already know, man, the love is for life with us, man. And anybody that came on, if you came on late, hey, don't worry. Right soon as the show over with, it's going to be a, a, a link that's going to drop to where all you got to do is hit play so you can go and catch up and, and listen to everything, man. So we're going to make sure we get that to Black Soul, too. So uh, everybody on his side, because this right here, like you said, man, we, let's not wait till something like this happen. And it hit me hard, man, because, like you said, if you a parent, I'm going to let up play JBC because I get choked up, man. But if you a parent, man, like, like what if that was my baby, man? I still say he a baby. I don't care how grown he is. He's still my baby. Y'all know we parents. Man, well, that could have been any one of our babies, man. You know what I mean? I couldn't imagine, you know, the feeling I would have in my heart right now of something like that happening. But like you said, you know, it starts two with us as well. And I can admit it's been situations where I, I could have I could have did a little bit more as far as uh, addressing the mental uh, health issues here within myself too. So the, I, I'm glad you, man, came and brought this, man, because this is going to touch everybody that listens to this, man. And it, it just hit me. Pretty JB, I'm going to let you talk, man. Y'all know this type this hit me deep, man. It hit me deep. I'm going to be yeah. honest with you because it's sad, man. It hurt. It hurt, man. Yeah, I felt that. Pretty JB, um, you still um, Okay, I'm going to let you go ahead and go. Yeah, I'm still here. Now, I mean, I'm just like you. I'm a parent. You know, I got a 12-year-old son who's literally taller than me and, uh, just having the conversations with him and making him understand, like, yeah, you're a 12 year old boy, but to those who feel threatened by you, you you look like a grown man. And like today, for instance, we were coming back home and uh, my little guy had a he had his nurse gun in the car and it was dark, you know a little dark outside. So I was like, no, we need you to put that down because it takes one person to say, oh, somebody was pointing a gun at me. I said, then when they pull us over, they're not going to be asking questions. And my 12-year-old kind of started laughing. I said, look, you look like a grown man. They're not going to ask you questions either. I said, so we need to take this serious. Yeah. And it's really sad yeah. that we live in some shows, a like giant. a world like this. But, I mean, you got to prepare him. He is. He's tall. So <laughs> people yeah, think he's 16, giant. 17 years old. But with this, this case, man, I'm just it's, – it's heartbreaking because it could be been one of our kids. I mean, it's, mental health right. is, is a big issue that we we ignore too much. Um, and then not only that, the training that these people need to have, it's not there. And it's sad because you call them to help, and next thing you know, your baby, you're putting them in the grave. And it should, it should never have to be like that. Shouldn't. So it, it angers me. Um, I'm just like, I'm, I'm still kind of like, did that just really happen? Like, in that sense, because I started seeing it when black people right. started sharing it. And I'm like, wait a minute, let me go look and see what's going on. And, man, that just crushed me. Like, 58 minutes, and you couldn't just take them to a mental health facility. There were so many different right. avenues that this could have been, it took the wrong one. And for what? Senseless. There should be some type of accountability. I'm praying for justice all over this. Yes, yes. 
Yes, man. And, and um, the Black Soul, man, like I said, man, uh, we we, we going to make sure I stay plugged in with you on this, man, because this is something here, and especially with, with the mental health side as well. Man, if if just the training, too, when it gets to that level to where the police got to be called, with the 911 got to be called out, you know what I mean? It, it got to start being a standard where we got those people that we do call for. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.